Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Just like you, I'm an independent retail business owner. I love the home decor and gift boutique I co-own with my sister, but I don't want it to consume me or my life. Join me each week as I share lessons learned, helpful tips, and valuable information for your retail business and life. Whether you're buying your products or making your products, whether you're a 25K business or a $2.5 million business, I'm on a mission to help indie retailers work less, profit more, and grow. Let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to episode 113 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. Business Funding Options for Retailers. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. My intention for this episode is to share some of the options you can consider for funding a retail business. This could be for a startup business, maybe if you're looking to expand or if you're looking to add another location. This episode was initially inspired by an anonymous question in the Shopkeepers Lab. Every quarter in the group, I publish a form and the form is open for one week where group members can use the form to ask an anonymous question. And although our group memberships are really safe and I promote that no question is stupid, I also completely understand that sometimes group members may be reluctant, for whatever reason, to openly ask a question. So I want everyone to be able to ask all of their questions. So after the form closes, I generally go live in the group within a week and I answer these anonymous questions. This particular person asked, how do we feel about outside funding, specifically Square Loans? This got me thinking about the many conversations in the groups I've witnessed regarding funding. So I'm here to share some of the options you can consider. I'm sure this is not a comprehensive list, but it will get you thinking because some of these are a bit outside of the box. First, before I get started, if you're trying to figure out where to get the funds for your business, You'll first want to consider where you stand with risk and debt. Are you risk-averse or risk-seeking or somewhere in between? Really have a good conversation with yourself about both debt and risk. I think it's important. This is so different for everyone. Some group members swear by incurring debt to grow fast, and some insist that bootstrapping is what has worked for them. You might have a conversation with a shopkeeper who swears that a loan and growing fast was the way for her to go and grow, or you'll have a a conversation with another shopkeeper who says that they got a loan or they received some type of funding and it caused problems, so they now recommend slow growth and no debt. Whatever funding option you choose, or whether you combine some of these options that I'm going to talk about to accomplish your goal of opening or expanding, you have to believe that it's the right decision for you and your business. Otherwise, you're going to come across some mindset roadblocks, and then you're going to have to work on that too. So the first item on my list, or the first option on my list, are credit cards. Before anyone goes crazy on me, just hear me out here. (laughs) Most likely this is personal credit, personal credit cards. Maybe you're applying for credit with a special offer so you get 12 months of no interest. This is with the expectation that once the business opens, hopefully you open way before that 12 months, you'll have the funds to pay the debt off before the interest kicks in. You'll hear many people say they don't recommend this option. 
However, I have heard of shopkeepers use this method, usually combined with another funding option, not funding the whole business with credit cards. And and the one thing I will say is when do I think this can work? I think this can work if you are really good, and I mean really good with credit cards, where you're so good with it that you're paying off credit cards when you know they need to be paid off. And in this instance, if it is a 12-month offer, you feel confident and you feel really good that you can pay off that debt before the interest kicks in. Again, this is a personal choice. Not everyone recommends it, but I wanted to add it to the list. The next one is bootstrapping. If you've never heard the term bootstrapping, Wikipedia says, I'm going to quote what Wikipedia says, in general, bootstrapping usually refers to a self-starting process that is supposed to continue or grow without external input, i.e. you build your company from personal finances or the operating revenues of the new company. So this is where you start maybe by selling some things online or making your own products and slowly taking the revenue from each sale or all of the sales to reinvest in your business and grow. Another or a good example of this too are some booth vendors. Booth vendors might, you know, take their own money or funds from maybe starting online to rent a booth and then grow from that booth because they build their brand, they build their business, and then they grow into a brick and mortar store. This actually happens a lot. Oftentimes, bootstrapping and the next option I have on the list, self-funding, either work hand in hand, but really you could probably bootstrap with very little, very little investment depending on the business model. So I'll talk about this in a little bit, but my sister and I are essentially bootstrappers. So the next option is self-funded. This can be different from or combined with bootstrapping. So when I say self-funded, maybe you're grabbing money out of your own savings account. Maybe you worked a full-time job. I know plenty of people, including myself, where this was the case. You worked a full-time job, you had a full-time career, and either you retired or you retired early, or you actually resigned to run this business, but you had a nice savings that you could tap into. So maybe it's your savings. Maybe it's family and friends who have given you or gifted you money. Uh, maybe it's a home equity line of credit, which is still, you know, it is it is debt, but maybe you have money that you can tap into there. Um, 401k, I've heard of people doing that where they actually pull money out of their 401k or a conventional loan, which I guess I probably shouldn't have here because that's going to come up later. But you can take essentially take some of your own money and invest in the business and start the business that way. The next option I have on my list is crowdfunding or a crowdfunding loan. Crowdfunding is the use of small amounts of capital, although it says small, but I don't, it's not always small. (laughs) Anyhow, crowdfunding is the use of capital from a large number of individuals. It could be your customers or loyal supporters to finance a new business venture. So a couple of options here or websites that you can check out. The first one is Honeycomb Credit. On Honeycomb Credit's website, this is how they refer to themselves. Crowdfunded loan by the people who believe in you the most, your customers and your circle. So we have a Master Shopkeepers group member who used Honeycomb Credit, I want to say to fund her second location 
And she really enjoyed the experience. She talks about it all the time. Honeycomb Credit also sponsored this podcast for a short period in 2021 because they do offer a lot of crowdfunding loans to retail brick and mortar store owners. I'll be sure to link their website in the show notes, but it's honeycombcredit.com. Again, they essentially run this whole campaign that reaches out to your circle of customers to see if your circle of people, family, friends, customers, followers will contribute to funding this loan for you. It's it's a cool concept. The next one is Kiva, and that's kiva.org. We'll also link this in the show notes. And I actually want to read a few paragraphs from the website because I think their mission is special and I, I, I appreciate it. So I'm just going to read what it said. More than 1.7 billion people around the world are unbanked and can't access the financial services they need. Kiva is an international nonprofit founded in 2005 in San Francisco with a mission to expand financial access to help underserved communities thrive. We do this by crowdfunding loans and unlocking capital for the underserved, improving the quality and cost of financial services, and addressing the underlying barriers to financial access across the world or around the world. Through Kiva's work, students can pay for tuition, women can start businesses, farmers are able to invest in equipment, and families can afford needed emergency care. By lending as little as $25 on Kiva, you can be part of the solution and make a real difference in someone's life. 100% of every dollar you lend on Kiva goes to funding loans. So I believe Honeycomb Credit is a for-profit company. I hope I'm, I'm saying that correctly. Don't quote me on it, although I am saying this on a podcast. And Kiva is a nonprofit. So you have a couple of options. I'm sure there are other crowdfunding loan companies out there that exist. These are the just two that I know of just from people who have experienced these platforms in our groups. So just to explain, crowdfunding is a loan normally, and you do have to pay it back. The people that fund the loan just are people that are either contributing or know or follow you or shop with you. Okay, next one is community loans or grants. Check to see if your county or city or region has any type of program. You might be surprised. So it could be like an economic development organization where they offer zero or low interest loans. In our area, I remember seeing a program that offered up to like $20,000 in a loan with 1% interest. And I think some of it, there was like an ability to get some of it forgiven. But what I'm trying to convey here is that these programs do exist. And most often, it's just that the cities and the organizations that offer them don't have the funding to market about these programs. So they won't find you. You have to find them. I also recall hearing about a municipal small business initiative. I think, again, in our area, it was a combo of federal funding granted through the SBA, the Small Business Administration. And I believe some of that was forgiven, too. You might have something similar in your area. It doesn't just have to be a national organization like the SBA. So we have a smaller organization. It's a nonprofit organization in our area. It's called Lakewood Alive. They're a great resource for finding out about opportunities like this. Even the city of Lakewood, they have a storefront renovation program, and this is in Ohio, 
that's really fantastic. And it's a combination of a loan and again, some partial forgiveness if you meet the criteria of the loan. Another national resource in the U.S. is the SBDC, the Small Business Development Center. We will be sure to link that in the show notes too. My point here is go look, go ask, do the research, and by all means, apply for grants, especially those that are truly 100% or free money. They do exist. I think oftentimes we think like, no, I am not going to qualify for that, or that doesn't really exist. I promise you, you just have to get out there and look for it. Number six on my list is an SBA loan, a small business administration loan. This is probably one of the most common ways retailers get funded when opening brick and mortar stores. We'll be sure to link the SBA in the show notes. I think it's just sba.gov, but we'll have a link specifically about loans. So this is different than a traditional loan because the U.S. Small Business Administration helps small businesses get funding by setting guidelines for loans, and it reduces lender risk. So these SBA-backed loans make it easier for small businesses to get the funding they need. So that is a full application process. I'm fairly certain that, of course, your credit will get checked. And if you don't have good credit, this is one of the reasons I'm offering multiple options in this podcast episode, because you may not qualify for an SBA loan. So I wanted to make sure that I covered all areas. All right, number seven is a traditional business loan or line of credit. This is ideal if you have an established business, if you have good business credit, and maybe you're looking to open a second location or expand and you want some funding. So of course, your credit, your business credit needs to have good standing. And I say your credit, but if it's it's a business loan, I'm not quite sure, but I would imagine that your credit is important too. Okay, and then the next one I have is capital loans. So when I say capital loans, what's probably going to sound familiar to you is like Square Capital Loan from the Square Point of Sale system or a Shopify Capital Loan or PayPal Capital Loan. So it's essentially these businesses that are offering, these financial institutions, I should say, that are offering you a loan based on your standing with them, probably based on the amount of revenue or sales you make every year. So if you're a Square user, for example, you probably get an occasional email from them that says you have up to you know, $12,000 in capital that you can access. And every year, probably as your business grows, you see that amount increase. Essentially, these capital loans are a cash advance. And I found a helpful article that I am going to link here. I think this was tailored more towards like salon store owners, but it was really actually helpful and educational about what capital loans are. So I'll be sure to link it. But the article said it's, it is a merchant cash advance. What does this mean? When Square sees that you have a regular flow of customers, it offers you the chance to borrow cash up front before customers pay you because they believe your sales will allow them to recoup it without waiting for you to earn it and pay them back, plus a set fee rather than interest. So that's a couple of things that I want to point out here with capital loans. Usually it's a set fee instead of interest. And I think they're normally, I know for sure Square is very upfront about what that fee is. 
The caveat here, or the part that I want to explain and why some people, even though they they appreciate the capital loans, some people or some shopkeepers will caution you so that you're prepared for this, that they take out a percentage of sales. So if you're a high volume store, and I don't know what the percentage is, I want to, for some reason, the number 17% stands out. But if you're a high volume store and they're taking out 17%, that's a big chunk of money every day. And I think it's a, a percentage of daily sales. So just expect that going in. Know that it's actually technically probably like a cash advance. Know that it's a set fee and know that they're going to take a percentage of your sales. You don't have any control over it. So sometimes with a loan, you can kind of expect to pay $500 a month it is variable. It's based on what you're selling every day. So just know that it's not, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not a good fit. I've heard plenty of shopkeepers use this and appreciate it. I just want you to know upfront what it means. And then the last item I have on my list is an investor. Maybe there's a person or a family member or someone who's willing to invest in your, in your business. And an investor is a person or organization that puts money into financial plans, meaning your business or property, with the expectation of achieving a profit. So that's important. So if you do work with an investor, just make sure that there's an attorney involved and everything is documented. So both sides, both the investor and you understand the terms of this investment. Of course, I always want you to read and understand the fine print in anything that you do. Understand what your interest rate or fee will be, when payments will be due, how this will affect your personal or business credit, and so on and so forth. Do your due diligence. So personally, I would describe myself as a self-funded bootstrapper. That was always my preferred combo. That's how I started the Salvage Boutique with my sister, and that's how I started Savvy Shopkeeper. However, as my confidence has grown, particularly in business and as a business owner, I am not nearly as risk or debt averse as I used to be. Man, I really was. There was a time where I would have been terrified. Not so much anymore. I would definitely consider other funding options. While eight years ago, I would have said, heck no. So know that this can change as you grow. I mentioned this earlier, but this is not a one-size-fits-all decision. I've seen bootstrappers become 5,000-square-foot store owners generating $1 million plus in revenue, and I've seen risk and loan takers grow to five stores, yes, five stores, and a team of 20, and sometimes more than $4 million in revenue. So again, it's just, it's different for everyone. I can't convey enough how it's your mind and thoughts that will propel you forward and feeling like you're successful, or that could send you in the opposite direction, feeling like you're failing. And of course, no one wants that. How you think about these decisions, how you think about what these opportunities or these funding options can do for your business can have a serious impact on your business, your thinking. If you want to see the show notes to this episode or find links to anything I mentioned, visit my blog at SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 113. Until the next episode, 
Be savvy and boss up.